Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. Doris Cohen has been hacking into people's subconscious minds for decades and has found patterns to our dreams. Her mission has been to decode them and reflect them back to us through her book, Dreaming on Both Sides of the Brain. And I'm looking forward to this conversation because yes. you also used to do um, regression work. Mm -hmm. And I love regression work. I yeah. love dreams. And everybody watching this has experienced certainly dream time, but even mm -hmm. a lot of regression time in some cases. So this is just something where people can really find themselves or see themselves in your story. <clears throat> so first of all, let's hear your story and okay. how you were inspired to go into these areas to begin with. Oh, I have a long story because I've been around for a while. Well, you so can give I, us the thumbnail. I will. <laughs> I'm a clinical psychologist, and I started out as, you know, a regular psychotherapist, consultant. I've done everything in psychology. But it was never enough. I always felt that, you know, something is missing in terms of really getting into the nitty-gritty and the depth with patients. So I started looking into past lives after reading a book. And it was like, <gasps> like Aladdin going over to the mountain. Uh, you have been here before. Yes, okay, go ahead. And it was amazing. She wrote this book in, this, in the 19, uh, maybe the late 60s, in mm -hmm. fact. It was fascinating. And of course, I had to remain under the radar as a psychologist right. because I'm very uh, ethical and proper. But you couldn't go around and say, I'm doing past life regressions because your license would be right. at risk. At any rate, so that was the door opener, and I began to communicate, and it was very spontaneous with guides and angels of the light. And they have inspired me and taught me. May I call you by your first name? No, oh, yes, Regina? of course. Okay. Regina, they have inspired me to understand human beings and what really goes on way beyond any PhD level of psychology that I acquired in all my training and so forth. And uh, that was the beginning doing the past life regressions and helping people realize that whatever they are going through, this is not the first or only time that they live here. Right. We have been here so many times. And I'm sure then if you've done regressions, you know who Edgar Cayce oh, yes. is. Oh, this man, may his soul rest in peace. He literally saved my life. Why? Because I used to be terrified of dying because oh. I grew up in an observant home, not orthodox observant. And, uh, and I always used to think, okay, I have to be a good girl. I better be a good girl because there will be a time of reckoning at the end. And what if I miss by a point? Right. And does that well, mean that God would, would banish me? Yeah, what would happen if you exactly. missed by a point, right? And once I read the stuff about Edgar Casey, it's okay. It's like taking an incomplete in college. Right. You know, you come back and you do it over again. And this time, hopefully, you'll fix it. You'll probably mess up something else. But in the meantime, you can always yeah. fix it. And that was, it literally pulled the charge out, the plug out of the wall of any fears about death. I'm not afraid anymore at all, right. which is going to be my next book, by the way. But this is for another time. Now, how did I get into dreams? As a psychologist, you know, you work on dreams with your patients. And one day I'm sitting with my patients and I, uh, 
hear a voice in my head. I don't hear voices. And we were working on a dream, and it was very constipated. We, wouldn't, uh, uh, we were not really moving or getting very far at all. I hear a voice in my head saying, why don't you try it this way? So I can operate on two, three different channels mm -hmm. at the same time. I've trained myself to do that over the years. Right. When uh, I asked, are you from the light, silently asked. Because if I would have told my patient, she would have probably said, who should sit here, me or you? You know, right. because uh, right. if I'm hearing voices, you know, right. what's going on with my head. The long and the short of it is, after she left, I said prayers. And he, it was a male voice. He gave me his name and mm -hmm. he said, I will be with you anytime you work on dreams. That was it. I have come to help you with dreams. It's been the most amazing journey. Oh, I'm I sure. I have learned mm. about dreams beyond anything that I ever learned uh, psychologically, professionally, academically. And what is wonderful is it resonated so much with who I am and what I want to do. Whatever I do, I want it to be practical. I want right. to give the tools to my patients mm -hmm. or my clients. And you go do it on your own. You don't need me anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. It's very nice to have a therapist for a while, but go, go and share the light. Yeah. So he taught me what to do and how to give those tools simply, mm -hmm. easily, and yet profoundly effectively. Yes, so I, that's how I, I got it. into it. Uh, no, I love <laughs> it. And okay, let's talk about, if just for a moment, yes. was there a crossing point where after learning about the value of regression work, mm -hmm. well, a couple things. Okay. Did you have to kind of backdoor it with your clients on the regressions <laughs> and not nece necessarily say I'm doing a past life regression, but let's just go back and see where you end up. Did you have to do it like that or did you straight up tell them this is what we're up to? Uh, no, I did not straight up tell them. In fact, yeah. my first experience was a pa w uh, with a patient was someone who was straight as an arrow, Yeah, kind of and this is not a judgment. He was very kind of square yeah. and very left brain, worked in a bank. He was very proper. Yeah. And, I, and we, we did all the behavior therapy and he got a little better, but it still wasn't working. And of course it was a sexual problem. Okay, now let me ask you a question yes. before you go any further. Now at this point, when yeah. you determine that, did that another voice, no. or did one of your beings speak to you and say, you need to kind of go this way? Or did you just know at this point, we're going there? Uh, over the years, mm -hmm. I have learned to trust mm -hmm. inner guidance and guides and angels of the light, very right. much so. So I very often, but when I say I heard the voice, that was my dream guide. It was so distinct to sure. Gina. It was like, I'm hearing you yeah. across the table. Yeah, I understand. But the others, yeah. when they communicate with me, it's not like... Uh, you and I are sitting in a room and we are right. interacting. It's not quite it's like that. It's more subtle in a sense, maybe yes. of knowing and yes. you just know yes. to go a certain direction. There you go. Right. Exactly. So this man, so now so you're this man. This. So I said to him, listen, we've tried everything else. Would you like to try something that's not intrusive? It might seem a little different. What do you think? So he said, okay, fine. I'll, you know, I will. We did, we accessed the past life, and it, the story is fascinating because if we get into the story. I love these stories, go for it. Really? We've got a little okay. time. He had trouble maintaining an erection, mm -hmm. okay? And he was married, divorced, and now he had a girlfriend that he loved very much, but he was really yeah, up, you know, what kind of street he was struggling yeah, yeah. because he wanted to be with her, mm -hmm. and he kept losing his erection. Mm -hmm. 
So we did the behavior modification, the breathing, the imagery. Yeah, 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 he got a little better, still not able to really mm -hmm. maintain it. Mm -hmm. So when we did the past life regression, turns out what happened is he had been living in the mountains. He was a young man, I think it may have been maybe Oregon or Washington State. Mm -hmm. And he goes down to some kind of village and he goes to the Saturday night dance, meets a young woman. They fall madly in love with each other. He takes her up to his cabin. They get married in love with each other. Everything is wonderful, 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 right? She gets pregnant and then she's getting ready to deliver. But remember, he lived in a cabin in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. So uh, she was having a very difficult time with the delivery and died giving birth. He was devastated. He gave the child to his family because there was no way he was going to right. take care of the child. Right. It was too painful a reminder of her loss. And he felt so guilty. If I had not impregnated her, she would still be alive. And he becomes alcoholic and then uh, remains alone in the cabin. And after, I don't know, maybe three or four years of just drinking, he drank himself to death. Mm -hmm. So it was a miserable, unhappy, unhappy life. And when there has been this kind of trauma, it's unfinished business like we were saying earlier about, yes. you know, you have an incomplete in college, he needed to come and fix it. So here he is, his sexual behavior is incomplete. Mm -hmm. Also, each time, uh, when does he lose the erection? Just when he is really excited and right. about to have yeah. an orgasm, he stops because right. if he has an orgasm, he will, uh, the, the probability of impregnating this woman is there. And unconsciously, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to kill another woman? Because that was his conclusion. Anyway, so of course I had to disabuse him of that association. And once he went through this, and, and it was only about two or three sessions at the most, he was so relieved. And then about three weeks later, he came back and he said, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Cohen, at the time it was not Cohen, it was El-Tawil. Dr. El-Tawil, I have to tell you, I thank you, my girlfriend thanks you, mm -hmm. and even my mother thanks you because <laughs> she knows I'm not unhappy yeah. like that anymore. Yeah. And he was fine. Yeah, it's, uh, regression work is so powerful. I'm Isn't a big it? fan of it. I've been uh -huh. into loads of my own past lives and, and assisted others because I think it has such incredible value. If you just know where the boogeyman came from, you know, now, and we can talk yeah. about that later, but sometimes, yes. You don't want to go through the trauma of something per se, and there, there of course are, not. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are these defining kind of yeah, but you don't have the person go through the trauma exactly. and stay in it, right? Because as a therapist, I had a, a bag of tricks, so to say, a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. So I could relax the guy. I could have him do some breathing, relaxation, calming, and he trusted me. He, by then, yes. he really trusted. Yes. And that's the safest place to Absolutely. open up and take those risks, you see. And because I've acquired a lot of experience, I started working with children and adjudicated dependent and delinquent children. Mm -hmm. And I have always said, we need to start working always as psychologists. Let's start working first with children so we understand how do we ev eventually develop into such 
neurotic adults. Right. You know, if you go straight to the adults, you never fully understand, you know, no. you really don't. Because we're talking about dreams, maybe what we'll do is we'll get into um, yes. kind of some of some of the definitions of types of dreams here, mm -hmm. and then we'll play and talk about dreams themselves. I'll share a couple, you share some, and we'll just have With fun pleasure. so people okay. can people can jump in and say, "Oh, I had that happen yeah. once." So let's go into the types of dreams, and let's start with precognitive dreams. Okay, before we even start, what is yeah. a dream? What is a people dream? People okay. think that you know how often I hear, "No, I don't dream." They will say, I don't dream. No, I don't. That's not correct. Research has been done in labs. Every single person has between five to eight dreams a night, right. unless they're taking medication, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, or they're taking drugs, you know, cocaine, heroin, and so It dampens uh, the experience. We all dream. We just don't know how to recall the dreams. So your question was about precognitive dreams because most people think, oh, I had a dream that my father was in a car accident and he died in the dream. Oh my God, oh my God, does that mean that my father's gonna die? Uh, and I am just picking up on it because we had a fight a month ago and we are still on the outs with each other. And I always reassure them and say, no, 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 no. The language of dream, don't take dreams literally. This is not, a, a, um, it's not a defense in a courthouse. Every word has to be accounted for. You have to be very rational and justified. The language of dreams, it's like learning a new language. I speak four languages. And the language of dreams is yet another one. Well, 95% of the population don't know that language, which is the language of symbols. It's the language of the unconscious. So when you're dreaming about if the dream I was telling you, I dreamt my father was in this car accident and died, what does my father represent in my life symbolically? That's the language of symbols of the unconscious, you see? And what is, uh, if he dies, it, and by the way, the dreamer is always dreaming about the dreamer. So Regina is always dreaming about Regina, not about her producers, her director, her mother, her father, sweetie, her beloved. You, whomever appears in your dreams is really whatever they represent in your life. You're not dreaming about them, you're dreaming about Regina. So if I dream my father was in that car accident and died, I'm dreaming about Doris. I'm not dreaming about my father, you see. And death is only an ending. It's not necessarily physical death. So perchance maybe the message from my unconscious is that uh, the impact that my father had in my life may be coming to an end. Mm -hmm. That's what death is. It's right. the end of a life force. Mm -hmm. You see? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yes, at, at the same time, okay, I've, got to, I've been looking forward to asking you yes. about this because I find there are distinctly, not just these, but distinctly different experiences within a dream, like within a precognitive dream, for example. Yes. If I'm just having a normal dream in which I'm kind of noticing that there's something that might be happening in the future, that seems to be one thing. But sometimes... I'll have a very specific one where the voice comes in. Uh -huh. That's different yes. when I'm told something in a dream. Mm -hmm. And that, that's literal, and that does happen. In those May kind I of, ask what, just pick any example. Okay, so one example, um, I was in a dream, and 
all of a sudden I was pouring, I was pulling into what looked like a big box store, like a Costco or something, but uh -huh. everything went white. Yeah. And the side of the building, uh -huh. instead of going to the parking lot, the side of the building came up. It was all white. And I go to turn my car engine off uh -huh. to go into the mm -hmm. store. Mm -hmm. And boom, turns itself back on after I've taken the key out and the radio the radio uh -huh. speaks to me. And then that male voice, which talks to me sometimes, right? Uh, okay. Comes through and says, we know you've been through a great deal of loss, but there is more to come understand we will be there with you when this occurs. How lovely. And I had just lost my mother, right? Yes. And yes. so I thought, oh my God, is it my father? Is it my son? They were going in a helicopter over Yosemite yeah. the next day. No. I canceled my son's trip oh. and all that. <laughs> but it was my surrogate mother mm -hmm. and one of my best friends. And she did die exactly the same way my mother did within mm -hmm. five days of the dream. Wow. And so, in fact, she, she died uh, a day or two after the dream. I didn't find out for five days. Mm. So in that case, they were saying, this is going to happen. Be calm. We'll be with you. Uh -huh. And so that was a literal message from other beings mm. or, my sub or myself. It w no, it's very much of a guide. It sounds very it a, definitely a guide. I would take guide. it as a guide. Yes. Yeah. We have guides. Mm -hmm. We have guides. Uh, you know, there's a difference between guides and angels. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. But with be, rather than going to the distinction between the two, they both offer guiding information. Right. And they can come in in dream time or not, or waking yes. time. However, um, they came to reassure you, mm -hmm. to support you, because they can see the bigger picture. Yes. They c in the unconscious, it's like going into a stadium. Yeah. Everything is out in the open. So they can see the past, the present, the future. Oh, yeah. But they're not giving you a prediction. Mm -hmm. They are giving you support because they could see something is going to happen. Yes. You didn't know. You were right. afraid. And you pulled back, but they were so reassuring of you. It was How beautiful wonderful. because it was a very difficult year. And then right after yes, that, yes. literally two months after that, uh -huh. then my grandmother died. Good Lord. Then I lost my job because that contract ended and they didn't renew. And it's on the front page of the newspaper because I was in television. Um, they were in, wow. We were in a down economy at the time. Uh -huh. And then I got a divorce. And I mean, it goes on and on. It was a lot really of deaths. A lot of deaths. Yes. And they were saying, yes. In the early phases uh -huh. of it, we're always there with you. How wonderful. And so in that sense, it wasn't a precognitive dream, although it would appear to us when we have those that it There you be. go. It yes. It wasn't really a precognitive yes. dream. No, it wasn't. Right. Yeah. And when we think it's precognitive, it, this touches on a very uh, delicate theme. Mm -hmm. They say at the time of creation, God created individual sparks of light. And each spark is a soul. This is Kabbalistic mm -hmm. Jewish mysticism. Mm -hmm. But mysticism is very comparable in all religions, mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter. The spark and, of life, yeah, the soul. Yeah. And gave each soul the gift of free choice, mm -hmm. which we exercise consciously and unconsciously all the time. So when they were offering you this support, they were not telling you what was going to happen. They, they could see it because they're on the other side. Mm -hmm. But the support was wonderful mm -hmm. because no matter what, there is always going to be support and loving light for you. Yes. But when there are that many deaths and endings, that's a lot of challenges, Regina. Oh, yeah. It was a tough year. I was just numb. <laughs> it was a year of numbness. But I only say that because yes. some people may say, yeah, but I did have a dream like that and it did happen that way. I'm just saying there are different... Precognitive dreams are different in quality. I'll give you an example. Someone wrote me after I was on Coast to Coast, mm -hmm. and then one of the people who listened to the show sent me uh, 
an email and said, I had a dream where I actually went through the whole thing and I saw 9-11. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what is your comment on that? Because it would be precognitive before it happened. I think it was two days before or something like that. I've had like those that. too, and it does happen it, like that. It, it might the collective be, psyche. It might be, mm -hmm. maybe. Maybe that person was a psychic in a past life and tends to pick up a drastic energy, and it's usually not only dramatic, but traumatic, because the energy of trauma is much more powerful than the energy of joy. Well, in terms of to, having an impact on us. And if they have those kind of psychic abilities, yes. why wouldn't they be picking them up, up on the field of an event yes. that is mounting in yes. its capacity to manifest? But you see, we always have to come back to the dreamer. Right. The dreamer is always dreaming about the dreamer. Mm -hmm. So it begs the question, what was going on in her life at mm -hmm. that time that it felt like everything was threatening to blow up mm -hmm. and she will need to rewrite. There will be a lot of losses. There will be a lot of transformation and she's going to need to rewrite relationships, mm -hmm. jobs, almost what you were describing about Regina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see. Yeah, very true. So it's still the mm -hmm. dreamer dreaming about the dreamer because uh, you know, uh, Carl Jung spoke about the unconscious through the anima and the animus. I, I, well, I, I, I have very strong opinions on different things, but um, it was never practical enough for my clients. It, it just, it's interesting, it's curious, but it's not practical right. enough. So while curious, what is happening in, the, in Johnny's life? What is happening in Annie's life now? today and what can I do to help them manage it a little more gently mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. let's keep it simple that's what well, I, that's what they're there for yes right yeah, you got it yeah exactly yes. yeah. okay so precognitive and after that is an intuitive dream so anything yes. more you want to do to bridge those two uh, the best thing you can do is start recording your dreams mm -hmm. keep a record because then you can step back and begin to view your history, you see? The most important thing is, and that's what I do in the book on dreams, you know, uh, dreaming on both sides of the brain, mm -hmm. is to give you instructions very simply. Yeah, tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very simply. This is what you do. You say, uh, when you go to bed, not as soon as you get into bed, but just before you fall asleep, your brain waves are slowing down. Mm -hmm. So whatever your brain hears, it will use it as a self-hypnotic suggestion. So you say out loud three times. Make sure that if you have a mate in the bed with you, that they're not going to poo-poo it or, you know, mm -hmm. make fun of it. Okay. So you say, I will remember my dreams clearly and well and write them down when I wake up. Or nowadays, record them on my iPhone when I wake up. Right. But be, be clear about what you're going to do because the brain will take it very literally. Yes. You say it out loud three times. Okay. When you awaken and you say it every night, when you awaken, before you go and you empty out the other end of you, before you go with your routine, you know, to the restroom, a shower, brushing your teeth, whatever it is you're going to do, lean over and start writing or recording immediately whatever comes into your awareness. Mm -hmm. You may not even be comfortable enough with dreams yet to call it a dream. So you say, oh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what I dreamt because you're still in alpha, the slower brain waves, and therefore you're still in this uh, wavy world yes. between the unconscious and the conscious, 
Say whatever comes into your awareness. And it's fascinating how it would be relevant. Yes. Start by keeping a record. Write down the date and write down whatever comes into your awareness. Absolutely. I find okay. the office state fascinating. Yes. You know, where you're not choosing to go into a meditation, but you're... Uh -huh somewhere else. You're yep. suddenly somewhere else. And I find that a lot where before I fall asleep, I'll just be somewhere where I'm watching people in a conversation, listening to everything they're saying. People I, you know? No, strangers. Oh, no, really? Just, you kind yeah. of hang out somewhere else? How Before going into sleep yes, time. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and it's, it, I always think, who was that? Why was I listening to their conversation, Have, you know? Pay attention to the content. Yeah, I need because to it's that. relevant to you. Mm -hmm. You see, nothing is accidental. Yeah. So if they're talking about divorce, if they're talking about uh, the unfairness of people getting dismissed uh, mm. fast, even if their job is, you know, working at McDonald's. Sometimes they're just cooking. They're just chatting. I'm just watching strangers. Yeah, but whatever but they're yeah, talking yeah. about, yeah, yeah, or whatever the attention. tone, yes, yeah, please do. Interesting. And in the yeah. kitchen, it's about nourishment. Mm -hmm. Nourishment symbolically is nurturance. Mm -hmm. So it's issues of loving kindness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pay, I'll pay attention, but please I bring that up do. in case anyone else has that crossover experience where yes. you're not asleep yet. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're still in that hazy mm -hmm. world. I find it you interesting. See, when yeah. you and I are talking now, we are in beta. Mm -hmm. Beta is 12 to 48 cycles per second right. because the brain is measured. You know, the right. electricity is measured in cycles. That's beta. Okay, so we're talking, we're interacting. Now, the next phase is alpha. Mm -hmm. Like which, 8 to 12, right? Uh, you got it. Yeah. You got it. Mm -hmm. 8 to 12. Mm -hmm. How come you know? Oh, I've studied a lot of this stuff before because I used to do a lot of regressions and things. But good go ahead. for you. No, yeah. And then the next one That's is meditative. Theta. That's usually our meditative yes. state. Yes, alpha. alpha is meditative. Right. And then you get into the unconscious, mm -hmm. where, uh, and that's theta, and that's four to eight cycles per second. Mm -hmm. And finally, the deepest is delta, and delta is half a cycle to four cycles. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's very important that we give ourselves a chance to go into deep sleep because that's when we release. Mm -hmm. um, we release growth hormones. Right. And growth hormones are crucial for our development. And that's happening in delta in for delta. the most part when we're sleeping? Yes, yes. Okay. And this is when we release uh, those growth hormones. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. Yes. In today's world, because people are so distracted, they've got all these signals, you literally frequencies yes. running through their house yes. and microwaves and so forth. Um, I would think a lot of people aren't getting into delta state. You got it. And we're not doing the self-repair at night. Uh-huh, exactly. And it's part of why there is so much uh, restlessness, agitation, uh, confusion, Chronic loss. Hmm? Chronic illness? Oh, God, Inflammation? Yes. If you can't recover at night. Exactly, because growth hormones repair your cells. Yes, that's, yeah. Yes. And of course, who has the most delta? Babies. Mm -hmm. Because they're developing their brains. Right. So it's crucial to be in that deep state, you see? But if you, uh, but you need to try your best to try a little more sleep, try mm -hmm. a little more sleep, try mm -hmm. a little more. How important it is to give yourself permission to do that, you see. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth, 
Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Okay, so back to dreams. You yes. can dream in Delta. You can dream in Theta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, but you have to bring them on up into ultimate awareness. And yeah. the way you bring them into awareness is by starting to express it consciously. Mm-hmm. That's why you write it down or you record it as soon as you awaken. You know, a lot of times you may wake up in the middle of the night, oh, that was a strange dream, or people always say, oh, I had a weird dream. Dreams are never weird, it's just that we don't understand the right. language, so we call it weird. In, and you say, okay, I'm too tired, I'll remember it tomorrow. Well, guess what? By the time it's, it's tomorrow, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't cross over to the other side of the brain. That's why we call it bring, dreaming on both sides of the brain, mm-hmm. so that you can record it consciously. Mm-hmm. Because the divine gave us two sides to the brain. Why don't we use them? Right. You know, you don't have to be only in one or only in the other. You can go back and forth. By the way, as females, there is something that is called the corpus callosum, which is the band of nerves that connects the left and the right brain. Right. Women have a much thicker callosum than men do. And this is not a put down of men, guys. This is just that, you know, we can go back and forth more readily and more easily. Yes. So let us use it. Yes, for absolutely. Heaven's sake. Okay. okay, and, and okay. also that shows up sometimes in the, in the world of intuition. So we're yeah. going from precognitive dreaming. Another one is intuitive dreaming. Now, talk about the difference between the two and how that shows up. Okay, um, intuitive dreaming is when you get what is referred to very often as a uh, warning dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I'm going to share something with you. And I mentioned that in the book. I was dating a young man. We were both divorced. We had a lot in common in terms of our goals. He was, uh, he wanted to start a family. I wanted to start a family. He was Jewish, I'm Jewish. So we got along very well. And it was very interesting, a very brief period. I have a dream, I'm walking down the street and I see a little kiosk on the side. I walk in and I see that someone had written my autobiography. Now note, it's very interesting. See, when you begin to pay attention to details, no, if somebody else wrote a book about me, it's It's a a biography, biography, bravo. Not my autobiography. It's like the unconscious is saying, Doris, pay attention. This is yours, honey. Autobiography. Okay. I buy the book. I start reading it in the dream. I start reading it as I'm walking outside that little kiosk. And then I slam the book shut and I say, this is not uh, my story because I don't like the way it ends. And I wake up. Well, I had been working with dreams already and I knew exactly what I needed to do. I needed to end that relationship because I would not like the way it ended, Mm. okay? I did end it and he was upset and you know, it was sad, but I was so clear about it. Few months later, I found out that he had a very serious problem with drugs and alcohol that he had kept hidden very effectively, even from someone like myself, a therapist, a healer, et cetera, et cetera. It was a caution from my unconscious Mm -hmm. and my guides. That's a warning, Mm -hmm. you see, and that's the intuitive part that is being played up. Right, yeah, that's a beautiful example of it. 
Uh, and but also you are intuitive. You, yes. You're also an intuitive person. Yeah. So sometimes there's the interpretation involved where someone would have that dream and think, gee, what was that about? They wouldn't necessarily think to apply it to their relationship, okay. right? Absolutely. But you see, read my book on dreaming on both sides of the brain. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the best metaphor that my dream guide has offered that applies always is we always dream. Use the metaphor of today's newspaper. Yes. Whatever is uppermost in waking life, your dreams will be dealing with it. It's not literal. The theme is always relevant. Yes. You see. So that, that's what's occupying your, your thoughts in waking hours. Exactly. So it's a response to that. Exactly. Yeah. So in the newspaper, it deals with current events. Mm -hmm. And there is always an editorial. Yes. And the editorial will be critiquing right. or also praising. Right. And your unconscious will do exactly the same thing. So whatever is uppermost in your waking life, your dreams will always be not only related to it, but also giving you guidance about it. Mm -hmm. And our unconscious is so patient. Yes. So, uh, so they'll say, Doris, pay attention to this. Doris does it, let's say. And then pay attention to it over and over. And finally, it's like someone banging at the front door. It, they bang so loud and that becomes a nightmare. How do we wake up from nightmares? <gasps> you know, shaking, heart racing, and you remember the dream when it's a nightmare. But that means you haven't been paying attention to the more subtle yes. dreams? Okay. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's a good, uh, good example of a warning dream. And yes. here we have health-related dreams, which sometimes come knocking on people's doors yes. subtly and then subtly. scares them, yeah. right? But pause and begin to address uh, your dreams as with a sense of awe and curiosity. Mm -hmm. Not just, oh, I had a weird dream and just dismiss it. There is nothing weird about the dreams. It is fascinating. The stories are endless. As a very simple little example, this woman kept dreaming about the yellow sofa. A yellow sofa, yellow-orange sofa, over and over. So I said, Okay, let's take a look at waking life. Do you like yellow sofas? No. Are you, going to, are you planning on buying a sofa? No. What's going on in your life that is yellow and orange? And she said, oh, I, I, you know, I like oranges, but I haven't been eating them lately. And I said, oh, what about apricots? Apricots are very yellow. And because I know a lot about nutrition as well, turns out, it's also very high in vitamin A. Mm -hmm. She was lacking in vitamin A. So mm -hmm. her unconscious kept saying, a yellow sofa, a yellow sofa, a yellow orange sofa. Go get it, you see? It's as though you're explaining what you're dreaming about to a Martian. Right, right. That makes sense because re really it was the color therapy aspect of it yes. that, they were trying, yes. that her dream was trying yes. to get through to her. Yeah. It was not a nightmare. Right. It was just a nudge. You know, like someone tugging well, at your sleeve. Well, a yellow sleeve. sofa wouldn't necessarily constitute a nightmare in most people's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they may not like the color scheme. Yeah, but yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> that's, yes. That's interesting. So essentially, it was the color frequency that was trying to impress itself. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Exactly. And so health-related dreams, when someone dreams, they're having, they have the same disease over and over. Okay. Because uh, that's they, common. They have the same disease, uh, please? Yeah, the, like there's a, that they discover they have a disease, but they have the same uh, dream over and mm -hmm. over. That's fear. Yeah. Invariably. First mm -hmm. of all, uh, because I'm a holistic therapist and I have been blessed with having amazing guides, 
See, that's going to sound very opinionated, so please bear with me. I don't buy 90% of all the diagnosis of cancer, of uh, Alzheimer's. I'm with, I'm with you. You are Alzheimer's oh, yeah. or all these. Oh, it's all because you're getting older. <laughs> please, I think yeah. it's a crock. It's yeah. ridiculous. I agree with you. Uh, so it's not because a person is sick. It's because they're afraid of getting sick. And the sickness symbolically represents the worst of it all. Our body is our vehicle. That's why when you dream about a car, being in a car, if you're driving the car, you're in charge of your body, mm -hmm. okay? If someone else is driving the car and you're in the back seat, you're not in charge of your body. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you know, so you better start paying attention. Are you handing your power over to someone else? This is about a power issue. But when it comes to disease, because we're so bombarded, you know, this could lead to cancer, and this could lead to cancer, and this could lead to cancer, pe people might be reassured if they go and they have some tests in order to rule it out. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, tests will only lead to more tests. Exactly. That's a Pandora's box. Yes. And that I find very depressing. Yes. Yeah. So that's my view. I'm not a physician. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm a PhD psychologist, but I, I don't believe in any of this. Yeah. No, I'm, you and I are on a very similar page on that. So, uh, wonderful. so that's why I yeah. wanted to know about health dreams because that, those are frightening to mm -hmm. people that mm -hmm. they've just been diagnosed with, ca well, cancer dreams because yeah. cancer is ubiquitous in our world around us. You can't go through a magazine without re exactly. reading about cancer and you mm -hmm. know, seeing advertisements about cancer, uh -huh. pink ribbons about cancer. Oh. And yeah. You know, Dr. Christian Northrup wrote the forewords to both of my books. She's very well known, yes. OBGYN, yes. and really a pioneer. And she put it very well. Why do we march for cancer, exactly. breast cancer? Why don't we march for breast health? Mm -hmm. Why don't we all, you know, salute each other and say, wow, we have beautiful breasts that can nurture and nourish each other and pink. I can't stand. I can't either. I, and this is a subconscious, to me, yeah, this yes. is a subconscious program yes. that creates this acceptance of cancer in our lives. Yes. One in three of you is going to have cancer. Thank you. Get used to it. Uh -huh. Accept it. It's a, it's a social club. Oof. No. You know, and this brings up something so important and valuable. We manifest whatever we believe. Yeah. The seminal work on that was done by Bruce Lipton, yes, PhD. Absolutely. Are you familiar with oh, his yeah. work? Oh, yeah. I did one of the first is that right? interviews with is him when he was right? just getting started. I love it's him. wonderful, and yeah. it is alarming how the medical profession dismisses him outright. Absolutely. And we change our genes in the process as well. It's fascinating. Yes, yes. And so... Uh, I would say it, to anyone who hasn't read his, his first book, The Biology, the of, biology Belief, of Belief, it's very important. I think it's foundational to I recommend to it life. to everybody. Good. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a niece who is a physician mm -hmm. and uh, brilliant. She's mm -hmm. brilliant, but she's not holistic. Mm -hmm. And as much as I've said, oh, please open up, open up. Begi you have such a strong foundation in, you know, as a conventional physician, great. You have the data, you have the tools. Now open up, how amazing it would be. No. No. Yeah. It's, very, uh, it's very discouraging. Absolutely, yeah. but there are more people who are opening up. So, yeah. I mean, en masse. Enough more, of us. Yeah, enough yes. are. Yeah. Okay, let's go to okay. another big fear dream, death. Yes. Okay, 
and hence this is going to be the subject of my next book. Tell me, how many people do you know who did not die? Right. How, you know, we <laughs> say Jesus ascended, maybe Moses did, I don't know about the Buddha, I think he actually died. Two or three people that we know of who became whatever and did not die. Since we're all going to die, shouldn't we try and get to know what it is about? And arguably have died many times before, exactly. it's not new. Exactly. You see, I am very spiritually inclined, and it's not about religion again, but it's a loving God has created all of us. You think a loving God is going to give each soul just one chance, make it or break it, and if you don't, you know, tough, you're going to be banished or you lost out. It doesn't, it doesn't make, make any sense. sense. No, exactly. it doesn't. And my guys and angels have always said, Everything in God's will makes sense if we look long enough mm -hmm. and deep enough. And God loves us. I'm sure God looks from up there at us and says, Oi, they take everything so seriously. <laughs> look, you know, lighten up already. Right. You know, go dance a little, laugh right. a little. Yes. And on the subject of death even, I yes. mean, I've interviewed, you know, a lot of people on the okay. subject of near-death experiences and Raymond Moody as himself oh, a couple of times mm -hmm. and all that. And one thing that seems to come through is when mm -hmm. people go through this process, however far they go through <laughs> after the heart stops beating and so forth, most of them don't want to come back. Most exactly. of them say it was beautiful. Yes. It's very, very rare that someone says, oh my God, that was a horrid experience. That's I, right. I dread having to go through it again. It's the opposite. It's yeah. a grace. There's a grace in letting go of one life. That's a wonderful way you put it, grace. It's gracious because God loves us all the time, unconditionally. What is unconditional? No conditions. Right. So we can't say God loves us only if I'm a good girl. Right. Or a good boy. You see, so dreams about death, death is an ending, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And when we want to talk about death literally, it's a doorway. You move from the soul resides in, your soul chose to live in a female body this time around, Regina. And I'm sure many a time before has chosen to live in a male body, uh, whether that body was African-American, Asian, uh, you know, small, big, short, tall, thin, fat, whatever. It's just a vehicle. And we live so many times, so many times. So when we can begin to set aside our fear of death, look at how much more joyous it would be to live. Yeah. To live. It's not that bugaboo that's at the end, <gasps> are you going to die? So, right. you, so you leave, right, so you right. will die. Okay. Right, okay. And if you haven't finished, you come back and you'll fix it. <laughs> exactly. That's it. You and I are on the <clears throat> same page on that. Okay, another yes. one is pregnancy. I love it. Do men ever dream of pregnancy? Is that just Not a female? Common. Females typically. Yeah, now definitely, with all of this transgender stuff. Um, I, I'm yeah. going to be politically incorrect again, but I think it's not the time for it. So I will set it aside. Typically, in my experience, men do not report pregnancy dreams. Mm -hmm. And maybe because they're so conditioned mm -hmm. that they're not supposed to mm -hmm. have that. So they don't use it as a vehicle to express what's pregnancy. Well, that's why I asked. Getting ready, ready to create a new being, a new right. situation. So what pregnancy dream is? I've had a pregnancy dream in my 60s. No, no. Even though women have given birth yeah. in their 50s and 60s, it had nothing to do with being pregnant biologically. But pregnancy is 
getting ready, it's making all the necessary preparations to give birth to a new aspect of you. Remember, the dreamer is always dreaming about the dreamer. So if you're 60, or if you're 20, or if you're 40, it doesn't matter. If you're having a pregnancy dream, it's that you're getting ready to give birth to new aspects of self. Again, related to what is uppermost in your life, in waking life. Right. You see? <clears throat> that, that makes sense. Yes. Okay, and then I'm going to toss something at you. So uh -huh. for, poof, I was told I could never have children when mm -hmm. I was very, very young. You know, it was, it's a long story. And I said, that's it, so get yes. used to it. Uh -huh. So for about 12 to 15 years, I had a dream. I had this perfect baby son. Wow. And when he came into the world, uh -huh. I wanted to protect him because I didn't want anyone to take him away from me. And we'd uh -huh. go on the run together, and it was me and my little boy. Wow. And so as it turned out, and I, I knew what he looked like, what his disposition was like and everything. And when I did get pregnant, which was a miracle, according to modern medicine, uh -huh. um, he was exactly like the being in the dreams. Wow. I almost feel like he was working with me, like our guides and angels do. Yeah. On the other side, we were working together again. <laughs> again, this companionship during yes. dream time. Mm -hmm. um, the, one of my clients, uh, happily married for years, both she and her husband, no children. No, no, we don't want any children. So I'm also a Reiki master. So I was doing some healings on her. And I kept getting hearing. A voice saying, you know, I'm getting ready. I want to come in. I want to come yes. in. So, and I would tell her, you know, I hear a soul saying that he or she it wants to come in. No, 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 no. Finally, she started looking at it. She was ready. Her husband was not ready at all. Right. But finally, uh, she, you know, he was very, so opposed to it because they were very comfortable. Mm. They had everything they wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, it was fine. It was okay. He resisted it and resisted it, and finally she got pregnant. You know, women can trick men very readily. Yeah. That's why we have that thicker uh, corpus callosum. We can <laughs> go back trickery. and forth. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he now adores this boy, yeah. adores him. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I found it interesting. I found it almost like a series of dreams over the years that was prepping both of us for yes. that experience. Yes, and also preparing you. I'll give you a hypothesis mm -hmm. that's just kind of a hunch mm -hmm. that's coming up. You must have had a past life where your baby, your son, was wrenched or taken away from you so horrifically or died accidentally so painfully and oh, you yeah. felt so guilty. There was one that where that definitely happened. Really? And my son in this time, lifetime yes. uh, and I um, have been each other's parents. We, we kind of oh, rotate back yeah. and forth. Uh -huh. And I'd actually taken a break for a few lifetimes because exactly. I had not. You didn't want that anymore. No, I had. Yes. No, it was too much. And I did lose one, a little boy that I absolutely adored in a lifetime not that long ago. It was very sad. He yes. The house caught on fire and he was upstairs and he oh died. Oh my God. And, and of course yeah. as a parent, losing a child is the yeah. single most wounding experience that we can have. Right. Uh, and we feel guilty. Right. So what we do, we do something funky. We vow. Mm -hmm. We say, that's it. I'll never have another child again. Yeah. I cannot go through this. Well, vows are very powerful. Very powerful, yes. And they transcend time and place. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure for a few lifetimes. So the work, the ongoing work you were doing through the dream mm -hmm. context was to prepare, prepare you to open up to receive again. Yes. Because you were not going to do it. You were not going to allow 
a pregnancy to take place right. otherwise. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And my body yes. was set up perfectly to never get pregnant. That was uh, a kind that, of a miracle, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out that yes. way. But yeah. I do, I agree with you. I, and it was preparatory time. So sure. sometimes, there, again, there can be these communications happening between other beings and yes. other dimensions yeah. during dream time with ourselves. Uh, yes, there is. Yes. But remember, the focus is still you. Yes, yeah, still it's you. It's still self. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when people say, you know, as I said earlier, anima, animus, you dream about your tribe, you dream about... There have been dreamers, like in ancient times, you know, someone that was particularly in intuitive might ha be the dreamer for the group. Yes. And, you know, by warnings, cautions or whatever. But generally speaking, mm -hmm. it's all about you. Yeah, yeah. It's all no, about self. It's true. Yes. Okay, so... We're having so much fun. We only have about 10 minutes left, and oh, I have heavens. only gotten to like point two on my, <laughs> my little script right. here. So right. let's go into a couple areas like, oh, this one I love. Get into yes. some common dreams. Like we yes. show up naked in public. Oh. Uh, and I yes. used to show up on set as a news anchor in my dreams. I'd show up naked, uh -huh. and they had nothing to clip my microphone to. <laughs> but other people show Look. up naked for a lot of things. Let's talk about showing yeah, up naked. But, uh, if we just refer to yours, that's fascinating. Naked is what? Always remember, it's very Vulnerable. easy to... Ah, bravo. If you're going to explain what naked is to a Martian, you say without clothes. What do clothes do? They are the roles that we play. Mm -hmm. uh, they also are protective. Mm -hmm. You wear a coat if it's raining and so forth. So when you're not wearing anything and you're naked, you're very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And you might feel so self-conscious. What's fascinating in your dream is there was nothing to hook up the mic to. And what was that about? It was about your work. Your work is all about connecting with the mic and speaking. Right. So you felt very vulnerable about whatever was going on in waking life regarding your... Um, the fluidity, the flow, mm -hmm. and the ease with which you mm -hmm. wanted to express the questions, the interviewing, the experience of being the reporter that mm -hmm. you've been. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, so the so for all of us, when we show up naked, yes. look at the context of again what's that, happening in your everyday life that is on your mind or of exactly. concern. Yes. Yeah. That is uppermost in your. And you're feeling vulnerable in yes. that area. Yes. And that is uppermost in your life. So if mm -hmm. let's say you have a job offer. A very high, wonderful and amazing job offer, let's say, to go to another country. Mm -hmm. And you've always been nervous about travel because you're afraid of flying, but this will entail a lot of flying. But it's great and you're terrified. So mm -hmm. you may have the, ex the dream of you're showing up at your, your new place of work, mm -hmm. but you're naked mm -hmm. and there is nowhere to place that mic. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, what's <laughs> going to happen? I am worthy, but am I worthy? Can I do it? Can I even get there? You see? Yeah. So uh, a much more common, there are two very common dreams. Very common. One is looking for a bathroom. That's the next thing I was going to ask yes. you, is these yeah. dreams about the bathroom in our elimination process. That's right, a toilet. Yes. If you're looking for a toilet and you're going to pee, it's being pissed off. It's issues of anger, symbolically. You want to discharge issues of anger. And if you can't find a place, I got to pee, I got to pee, but I can't find it. Let's say you're in a street downtown. You can't find the vehicle, the setting that is safe and appropriate to get your anger out. 
Mm. That's what mm. your unconscious is saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other, if you are going to be releasing feces and you're going to have a bowel movement, you want to get rid of, I will not use the four-letter word, mm -hmm. uh, you want to get rid of uh, burdens that are toxic in your life. Mm -hmm. And you can't find the means or the vehicle to do it. Or what about the different, the different qualities of poo? I mean, people dream about all kinds oh, of poo. <laughs> this is very important to pay attention to. Yeah, talk about that. If you that. dream about uh, your feces coming out very watery, you may really need to take a look at your waking life. First of all, am I having regular bowel movements? Because if I'm not having regular bowel movements, and uh, it's going to affect my health. Mm -hmm. So my unconscious is cautioning me and saying, it's watery, pay attention, mm -hmm. pay attention, go do something, get some supplements, get some herbs, eat differently, you see. If I'm having constipation, same message, mm -hmm. you see. Mm -hmm. And if it's constipated in the dream, it means I am so uptight, I'm holding on to all the things I need to release, right. and I'm not releasing them. And then in the case of other people, they'll have dreams about every color and type and, you know, volume of poo imaginable. If you're releasing a lot, uh, congratulate yourself in the morning <laughs> and say, yay for Regina. Good for you, honey. You're releasing so much. I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, no, okay. so yes. let's go to another one that's common to people, which is they'll find themselves going back to, say, a similar house or home or place okay. over and over. Over and over. Or to school. Well, school, that's a, yes. probably the most common failing or yes. not showing up in time for your exam for or your ex yeah. turn your papers in, yeah. But you asked about the house. What yeah. is a house if you're going to explain that to a Martian? Mm -hmm. It is a place where you reside, where you live. So it has to do with how you live. If that house is in a setting or it reminds you of something you used to do 20 years ago, so what is your unconscious saying mm -hmm. to Regina? You need to go back to this particular theme because you need to review it again and maybe you need to change how you used to react then, mm -hmm. when you're going back maybe 20 years ago, uh, you were a little too impatient. Or if I will say it about myself, uh, I was a little too hasty, let's mm -hmm. say, okay? And maybe my unconscious is saying you were too hasty then. How about now making a change of being a little more patient now? That's the message. Right. Well, that's now what message. about the quality of the home? Maybe going to something that's a little ho hovel, dirty, mm -hmm. you know, disorganized versus something spacious and rambling right. and beautiful. Uh, when you go into a home that is like a hovel, the unconscious is desperately trying to get your attention to do something about how you live your everyday life when you're awake, mm -hmm. you see, that you're living uh, with beliefs that are... Uh, constricting, mm -hmm. that it's as though emotionally, physically, financially, you feel impoverished, whether it is directly related to how much money, dollar signs you have in the bank or not. But you're constricting yourself, or maybe you're in a relationship that is so uh, painful and damaging that it feels as though you're like the poorest of the poor and you don't mm -hmm. have choices, you don't have options. When you're actually dreaming about a house that has a lot of light coming in, a lot of rooms, and a lot of, and you discover rooms you didn't even know were there. Yes, I yes. love it. A lot of times people say that. I love those that. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you, what's the unconscious saying? There is so much more to Regina 
Yeah, yeah. Begin the process of discovering and bringing up because you will discover other layers, mm -hmm. other, other skills, other gifts that you have never developed yet that will bring more light to your life. So we would like that, life. that when those dreams oh, show up. Yeah. Those are good dreams. Oh, yeah. No, all dreams are mm -hmm. useful. Yeah. If we say one is a bad dream, one is a good dream, we're judging them and therefore no, that's true. we're losing yeah. some of the value. No, I take it back. No, uh, oh, please, I'm not <laughs> correcting you, but it's just to point out that sure. all dreams are helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have these in homes, and we have these with with places, physical places in uh -huh. the world. And I was telling you one very briefly, just before we started rolling, yeah. um, that I would go to into, in dream time, for years and years into a secret city, a walled ancient city within mm -hmm. a city. And mm -hmm. it could be within, I could be anywhere in the world I'd been mm -hmm. to before, you know, it could be Paris, it could uh -huh. be San Francisco. Yeah. But in the middle, I think, oh, it's time to go to my ancient secret city. And I'd go find the way into the walled. Wow. It was a walled city and it mm -hmm. was ancient and I remember the color mm -hmm. of the stones and everything. Yes. I'd go to all my favorite places there every time the same, wow. same people were there. Uh -huh. But then one day in 2005, I went to, in real life, I went to Jerusalem, the mm -hmm. walled city. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking down the stairs toward Via De La Rosa, my feet knew wow. the way. And I thought, oh no, my God. I've been here before. You've been there before. And yes, I have. had chills and I thought, my feet wow. know this place. Uh -huh. They know these stones. Never dreamt about the walled city again. Wow. Done. If we look at the symbolism of a walled city, mm -hmm. since the dreamer is always dreaming about the dreamer. Yeah, that's why I'm, okay. yeah. Um, it's your center. It's the center of whomever Regina is. So it would be a good idea to look at what am I secretly holding in mm -hmm. or protecting in myself mm -hmm. that I don't feel safe enough to share. And something happened. Oh, yes, absolutely. I just put it together. Beautiful. Okay, got it. I know what happened when I was there in Israel okay, at that go time. Go ahead. What did you, what did oh, you realize? Oh, I went into a cave yes. at the John the Baptist um, Monastery, the John the Baptist. Yes, yes. Above that ba baptismal well yes. is a cave that uh -huh. they say John the Baptist meditated in all the time up uh -huh. in those wild hills of Ankaram. Mm -hmm. I had wow. a profound experience uh -huh. in opening that was probably the most profound experience of my wow. life. Uh -huh. Never put it together till now. Wow. That happened while spending my time in Jerusalem. Isn't that wonderful? And it freed something. I never dreamt of it again. And you may have been at the time of Jesus. Possibly. And, and did not feel safe enough to share the impact of John the Baptist mm. or Jesus because they were both persecuted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You were a man, by the way. You were a man in that lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you may have felt so moved and touched and amazed, but it was very unsafe to share that. Right. So it became a walled city. Uh, interesting. And the recurrent dreams. Recurrent dreams are just the unconscious knocking at your door. Trying again. to work it out. Yes, yeah. and again and again. And until you pay attention and make some change and awareness in waking life, it'll just keep knocking at your door. Yeah, that one, that's so true. And yeah. thank you for that. I, this isn't supposed to be a personal session, but hey, I love it because I just put a piece together for myself. I and love maybe it. people I'm so watching glad. are putting yes. their own pieces together where they've been through similar things. You know what's delightful? How quickly you put it together. Mm -hmm. And by extension, I hope that people looking at this pro program or hearing it could also generalize that I too 
can understand some of my dreams and make some connections very easily. Absolutely. Very easily. We are out of time, and we could go on oh, for hours just I think sharing so, yes. and having fun. You're just a blast <laughs> to be with. And, and Thank I, you. I, I, you've done a beautiful job of making your book very practical and useful to people. So Thank anyone you. that feels mm -hmm. it's time to start paying attention to what's happening in the other third of their lives, I think, you're yes. a really good guide for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure <laughs> talking with you. You're so open and so uh, welcoming. Why, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Doris. Okay, thank you. Again, the name of the book is Dreaming on Both Sides of the Brain, which you can find at all major booksellers, including Amazon, of course. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.